Hello and welcome to the sixth episode of the podcast. My name is Matt Bayless and co-hosting with me today is my wife, YouTuber and now podcaster, Chloe Jade. Hello. And also joining us today is our special guest who goes by the name of Ian Reese. unless you're Chloe, goes by the name Dad. So welcome to the podcast, Ian. Hello. Coming up in today's episode, uh, we'll be talking about our trip to Alton Towers, which we've been on recently. And also, we're going to be playing a game. And the main part of the show is that we're going to be hearing all about Ian's testimonies. So stay with us. Um, we've got all that coming up. You're listening to The Good Grief Podcast. This is The Good Grief Podcast, bringing you all things good. Right, you remember in the last episode, I announced that we are doing a competition to win the Good Grief Podcast t-shirt. So if you want to enter that, you can go over onto our Facebook page. You can see all the information on there on how you could win that t-shirt. To find us on Facebook, you search the Good Grief Podcast and look out for the blue logo. So look out for that logo, go and like the page and read the instructions there on how to win. It's pretty awesome uh, t-shirt. It's one of a kind. There's only one t-shirt of this kind so if you win you have a one-of-a-kind t-shirt very special right okay so moving on the weekend well what weekend was it now that we went away the 15th and the 16th of august 15th and the 16th of august we traveled all the way to alton towers up in staffordshire and this time we normally go alone don't we yeah it's just, normally it's just me and you yeah normally just me and you and it's a special place to us because that's where we got engaged yep and because of this whole COVID-19 thing, we couldn't go away on holidays this year and holidays got cancelled. So we needed to get away, didn't we? We yeah. wanted it. And we away. usually go every year to Alton Towers. We love it there. So we had to go again this year because we haven't been since March last year. So it's been a long time. So it was it was coming. We had to go. Yeah. And this time we decided not to go alone. Um, we decided to invite Ian and his lovely wife, Karen. So we'll just say a shout out to Karen. Hi, Karen. Hi, Karen. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we we asked you to come along to uh, Alton Towers. Uh, what was your thoughts on that when we asked you? I'm not a big fan of roller coasters or theme park rides, so I was a little bit anxious. But when we got there and we did the rides, I discovered that after the first couple of rides, they're not as scary as they actually you think they are. So they look worse than they are. They they do look a lot worse, and some of the rides throw you around all over the place, but you don't actually get much of a sensation out of it, other than just being thrown around all over the place. And that was the biggest fear, really, of having feelings or emotions that were uncontrollable. But actually, they didn't. There wasn't that anyway. I think the only ride that probably freaked me out was Galactica. Galactica and and Rita as well. I was a bit worried about Rita because it's like sixty mile an hour in two seconds, something it's, like it's that. Like, yeah, naught to sixty in two seconds, something like that. Less. Than yeah. Seconds. I was a bit worried about how that would feel, but in actual fact, it was fine. But yeah, Galactica, I just felt like I was going to fall out. No matter what my brain was telling me, I was strapped in and I was secure. My brain was saying something else. You're about to fall out and be dangling by your legs. Mm, that's quite interesting, because Galactica is one of my favourite. Right. And that's like, for me, 
It's the most comfortable ride. It's, it's the smoothest it's, ride. Yeah, it's very tame. Like, if you're a beginner type person, that's probably, like, one of the rides to go on to ease yourself into big rides because it is really smooth. There's nothing... It doesn't throw you around. There's nothing shocking about it. It doesn't make your stomach no, go. So no, there's no G-force, really. So it, it is kind of but like But when a, you've got... in When you shortly go and, you know, starting the ride, your brain is saying... You're gonna fall out. This the harness is loose. What happens if you fall out and you're just dangling by your legs? We should explain. And I couldn't get rid of that. That this yeah. ride is like as if we're flying. So you're lying down pretty much, or you're flat, and it is like as if you're flying, and you go on your back as well, things like that. So yeah. So when you get on the roller coaster, you sit in, you pull a bar down. As you pull a bar down, you actually get a strap go around your feet as well, so it holds your feet in place. That freaked me out as well. Yeah, I can see how that makes people feel uncomfortable, yeah. and then. Once you're strapped in, the roller coaster then tilts. It does. 90 degrees, so you're facing down to the ground. So you've got that sensation when you're going around the flying. At least I do anyways, yeah. which is why I enjoy that one. We also took you on uh, the Smiler, which I was quite surprised. I didn't think you'd go no, on No, I it. didn't think you'd go on that. Some funny moments on Smiler, yeah. It's uh, quite a long it roller coaster. It is a coaster. really long ride. It's a nice long ride. It does throw you around. There's lots of loops and it's there's 14, fast. 14 yes, 14 loops. loops. And there's also a halfway point. And this is where it gets funny for me because we went around, we did all these loops and all that, and then we get to the halfway point, and then we hear you say, well, What do you say there? Is that it? Is there more? He said, oh. Is there well, more? Well, it stopped, didn't it? It just suddenly stopped. And then I thought, Oh, is that it? Yeah, and then you looked up, and what did you see? <laughs> well, I just saw this incline, this, this 90 degree incline. And, and then you said, No. That's <laughs> we're halfway through, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> and then I was just laughing then on the way up. <laughs> but the Smiler wasn't. It, it was there wasn't much to it other than, like you said, it throws you around everywhere. There's no, for me anyway, there was no um, stomach wrenching no. feelings or anything. It just throws you about, and you're, you're flying all over the place. And after I came off, I just had an instant headache. So, for me, it, there was no pleasure in it other than being thrown around everywhere and having a headache. <laughs> so, I didn't go on it again. Yeah, I, I get that feeling. Even at the halfway point, the whole place is spinning yeah. around. But I just enjoy the moment when you're going around there, yeah. going on all the loops and being thrown around. I, I just really enjoy that. Like, right. um, the most disappointing ride of the day? Come on, we all know what it was. The Blade. Oh, yeah. The blade, yeah oh, the pirate ship. Normally, right, I love pirate ship. I've always loved swings. When I was a kid, I had a swing in the garden. I was on there every day. So I love the feeling like in your stomach of your stomach mm. going and you leave your stomach at the top. And normally, when we go on the blade, the pirate ship, we sit right at the back so I can get the most feeling in my stomach. And we usually do get some kind of feeling. The three of us went on together, sat right at the back, and we were just so disappointed. I didn't feel anything in my stomach. I don't know. Maybe it's because they're letting less people on. The right and it just felt like it was slower or it, was, it yeah, wasn't it was as slow, high. Yeah. Or it just felt like a, a car journey, didn't it? it? Usually, when we get to the the peak of the ride, when you're up yeah. the top and it starts coming back down, I lift out to my seat. Yeah. But I didn't That's get it. that sensation no. this time, and we're like, "Huh, okay, was that it?" So they must have done something. We just I don't reckon. know. So we just don't know what. It was very busy there, though. I know they say that they're reducing their capacity, but there was still loads of people there. And the majority of people were socially distancing, but you did obviously get the odd few that didn't. But overall, we did really enjoy the weekend. It was good. Yeah, so if you are planning to go to Dortmund Towers and these restrictions still in place, I'm comforted by the fact they are putting a lot of effort into controlling the virus, minimising any risk. So you can put hand sanitizer on 
in the queue. So when you're coming onto the ride, it's a hand sanitizer. You put that on, enjoy the ride. And there's also another one as you come off the ride. Yeah. And every few times the car goes around. Every half an hour it is. Oh, every half an hour, um, they'll clean the, the ride. They'll, they'll wipe down the seats and the handles. So uh, we felt relatively safe. Yeah. yeah uh, the only thing... You know, put us in any sort of danger is other people. Mm. Yeah, the people who didn't listen to the rules yeah. and didn't. There's chevrons on the floor that you need to stand on when you're queuing, and it's they couldn't make it more clear. Alton Towers really, it's just people being in, ignorant and not standing on the chevrons. We did have one couple that was right behind us, brushing against our knees, didn't we? So most yeah. most people were very good though, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. So it's not just. Ian, um, uh, going on these rides for probably mm. for the first time or second. I know you've been before, but uh, in all fairness, Karen yeah. came on most of the rides. She didn't go on all of them. She did, and she doesn't me. like rides at she all. Didn't. So I was really shocked. And but. she did warn us that she'll scream on every single ride, but I didn't hear much screaming. She did scream a she bit. She did, but she laughed mostly. Yeah. She wasn't a fan of Rita, though, was she? <laughs> no, she felt traumatised after yeah, that. Yeah, Rita, you, you got that never G-force us. stuck in your seat. And well, she had bruises on her from she being did, thrown actually. around. She did. We enjoyed our weekend away. So it doesn't quite make up the fact that we should have been in Florida at the time we were in uh, Alton Towers. Yeah, we would have been riding... A lot more rides in yeah. Florida for a couple of weeks or three weeks. Yeah. In a way, though, it's good that I've done Alton Towers now, though, because I would have been anxious going to Florida, but I, I, I've got no qualms whatsoever now. I'd yeah. be quite comfortable it's going to Florida. It's prepared you now yeah. for Florida. Yeah, it has. And in Florida, it's not so much like big, fast rides. It's more like themed rides, as in, well, in, as the, in the ones that go fast and, you know, throw you around. The biggest ones are in Bush Gardens, see, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, you do have some big rides there, but... I think they're quite tame to what was in Alton oh, Towers. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you're prepared for that now. So when we do go to uh, Florida, I expect you to... Uh, on everything. Everything. Yeah, yeah, everything. Okay. And then Karen and can look after that. Well. No, she can go on it. She can do everything in Alton <laughs> yeah, Towers. She yeah. can do everything yeah. in Florida. As long as it's not Rita. Right, okay. So before we move on to the main part of the uh, episode, we'll be here Ian's story. I thought we should get to know him a little bit more um, before we do that. So you remember in previous episodes, I have a jar. And inside that jar are some random questions. So we're each going to pick one out of a jar and then we'll go around and answer the question. It really is a jar as well. It really is, yeah. yeah. Oh, let's open it. Oh, there we go. The lid was on tight. It's been a while since I've opened it. Okay, so I'm going to reach over to Ian. Hold on. There we go. So Ian's got a question. What is the question? Would you rather have more time... Or more money? Um, it's an interesting question, isn't it? Well, I've never actually been motivated by money as such. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad I've got a good job. And I'm glad that we can live comfortable, comfortably um, and that we have enough money to live. But I've never, I've never been one of these people who think I've got to win the lottery or I've got to have more money. So I would probably definitely say to that, I would rather have more time, especially when you work hard as well. Um, it'd be better because I, I do. Early, I, I start work early and I finish early so that I've got more time in the evening. It works well for me. So yeah, time would definitely be the, the answer to that question. Yeah. And Chloe? I agree. But in the sense of I'd like more time for things for like downtime so more time to spend on holidays more time to enjoy life um but not like more time in general so yeah i agree more time really more time i'll probably go along the lines of more time 
um, because my hours are pretty much all over the place. I can come home from work at six o'clock, sometimes later. So when I go home from six at six o'clock, the time I settle down, have food, you're talking about, you know, about eight o'clock and then I haven't got much time then to chill out or do anything in the, in the evenings productive. And then before it's time to go to bed again and start the day all over again the next day. So yeah, I feel like we should have more time in the evening so we can do things. But as a, a young couple starting out in life together, I do wish we do have a little bit more money so we can speed the process up. There's still a lot of work to be done yeah. on the house. Like we still want a new kitchen. That we oh, wanna... I'm desperate for a new kitchen. <laughs> yeah, and that's fair enough, isn't it? More money for things like that. Yeah, like we want to do up a house, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fair enough. I go along with that as well. Tidy. Right, Chloe? If you could disinvent one thing, what would it be? Oh, interesting. Marmite. (laughs) No, no. Um, I was going to say, I kind of wish that junk food and like chocolates and all that was never invented because it's made everybody it's made me want to eat it all the time it's going to make me fat one day it's making people obese it's making people have diabetes it's making people ill and if we were back to the olden times when um they didn't have that kind of thing like they were just picking potatoes and um like vegetables and that's all they'd eat and then they'd make their own bread and things like my nan when she was younger they didn't have all the luxuries we we have for, um, for food now. I think it'd be a different place, the world. We'd all be a lot healthier. I think we'd all live a lot longer. But obviously, I would miss crisps and things like that. But I kind of do wish that that kind of food was never invented. That's actually a really good point. I, yeah. I like that answer. And yeah. uh, perhaps uh, fast food restaurants. Yeah. Um, if they weren't around, would people eat a lot healthier? Yeah. It's such an easy option to go for, isn't it? Like when we're out and about. And we do it all the time. Yeah. Right, okay, so... Let's go to the next one. So, Chloe, can you pick out the question? If you could be any celebrity, who would you be and why? Easy. Hayley Bieber to be married to Justin Bieber. Well, Simple I guess I'll have, to, I'll have to be Justin Bieber then. No. <laughs> yeah. Can I just point out, when I married Chloe, she still had a cardboard cutout, a full-size cardboard cutout of Justin Bieber. We burned him, I believe. Yeah. We did. We put him on a bonfire and did. It was Guy Bieber. And she later told me she regrets doing that. I do regret doing that. <laughs> we didn't, though, did we? <laughs> um, if I could be any celebrity, I'd have to be an actor, I think. Maybe someone from Fast and Furious film. Like The Rock? I'll be The Rock. Because <laughs> he does so many cool <laughs> films. And I know he's one of Chloe's favourite actors. Yeah. Well, actor. It's a bit harsh. <laughs> You know, his acting skills are not that good, are they? Yeah. He's one of the highest paid actors in the world now, so I'll definitely uh, (laughs) be Dwayne Johnson. You'd have to eat like 12 meals a day. Oh, yeah. How many calories do you say he gets? 12 meals a day? He gets through about 10,000 calories a day or something like that you've got to get through. Well, perhaps perhaps I'm a bit more predictable uh, and perhaps... Did you say celebrity? Yeah. Mm, Well... Celebrities stretching it a bit, um, and I think the show's off here now anyway. But I think I'd probably be Wade King <laughs> from Tanked because I would get to build awesome tanks and handle loads of fish, awesome fish. Yeah, I can say tanks as in fish tanks, not uh, military tanks. Yes, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, he's a host of a fish tank program basically that makes aquariums in case you don't know. And he's a similar build to me as well, so. <laughs> Not Brett, just Wade. 
Brett's bit of a uh, Wade is a bit more knowledgeable, shall we say, and Brett's a bit more of a clown. Mm. So perfect then for you. <laughs> Ouch! Perhaps I could be both. <laughs> okay, I'm going to choose my question. If you could have a one-way ticket to anywhere in the world, where would you go? It's a few places in the world I want to go, which I haven't been to. So if I get there, I don't know if I'd want to stay there or not, mm. because I've never been there. But fantasy world, I'd love to go to Australia and stay there. Uh, maybe Hawaii. Um, yeah, I'd like to go to Hawaii. But then again, I've never been there. I don't know if I'd want to stay there forever, live there, because you don't know what's going to be like. Going on places I've been to, I would get a one-way ticket to Florida. That's where I'd stay. Yeah, I was going to say Florida as well, but then I thought, oh, I don't know, because they haven't got a lot of British things like we have. Like, they haven't got um, Cadbury Dairy Milk, and they haven't got um, Asda Cheese Meltdown Pizzas. Um, So, I don't know if I could survive there without that, really. Um, So, I don't know, but the trouble with with America, see, is they get such... bad extreme weather Mm. and which is difficult as well and it's so hot i don't know if i could stick the heat so i don't know the only reason would be the one-way ticket would be literally just to do the rides (laughs) and just to be near the parks i don't know if i'd want to live in florida i think i'd probably prefer to live in Mallorca, to be honest so like a one-way ticket to Mallorca. yeah i'd probably prefer that that was my answer as well i think we've holidayed in Mallorca pretty much every year yeah and (laughs) Since you were born, I yeah. think we've gone to Mallorca, and, and this is the first year, actually, that we haven't been to Mallorca. Um, and I think it would be Mallorca for me, and I know, because I know my wife that well, she would pick Mallorca, and if it's a one-way ticket, if she's not there, then mm. uh, I wouldn't want to go there anyway. I know that's a cheesy thing to say. And but, she wouldn't but forgive you. And she would, yeah, she, <laughs> would, <laughs> she wouldn't forgive me. So uh, if Chloe's going... And Karen's going, yeah, I'm going as well, so there we are. Job so done. Bye, Matt. <laughs> I'm off to Florida. <laughs> See you. So I'll go snorkeling off the coast of Florida instead while you're snorkeling in Mallorca. I enjoyed my snorkeling experience in Mallorca. You did, and you got away quite lightly. Well, last year we went on holidays to Mallorca. We did. And our hotel was in a cove, so we could literally step off the hotel into the sea. That's how close we were to the sea. It was, it was absolutely awesome, amazing. Wasn't it? And it's crystal clear water, blue water, and as soon as you put your head under the water, you're surrounded by fish. Jellyfish. And jellyfish. And I got stung twice by a jellyfish, right? So that kind of put a little bit of a downer. And so every time I went in the sea after that, I was like constantly looking out for jellyfish. Rather than enjoying all the fish that was around me, I was looking out for jellyfish. And I remember this one particular time, I didn't want to go in, I'd just been stung. But Ian being Ian, he's like, right, I'm going in, right, I'm going in. So he jumps into the sea. I'm watching from up on the, uh, the pool area, looking down, and I could see probably about five or six jellyfish all around him. And I'm like, he's going to get stung. He, he's going to get stung. And you didn't. Nope. You even said you were swimming around. I swam, out, I swam out of the bay on one occasion, and I was swimming happily away, and I had to slow down purposely. I'd stop myself because there was a wall of jellyfish. I'm not kidding. There must have been hundreds if not thousands of jellyfish in a wall (laughs) and i just slowed down 
turned around and there were some around me. Not one of them stung me. Not oh, one. Man. Unless you, you're probably immune to it or you actually did avoid getting stung. The second time I got stung was me trying to get away from a jellyfish. <laughs> I saw a jellyfish. I saw a few. I thought, right, I'm going in. So I started paddling uh, towards the beach come out that way and on the way in i was kicking with my flip uh, my fins on and a jellyfish caught me on the back of a leg we were a bit concerned when we went to the uh, the lifeguard on the beach <laughs> yeah. though we did wonder whether you would urinate on your hand didn't we yeah you know you hear that uh, if you get stung by a jellyfish you've got to urinate on it um but fortunately you had some vinegar Yes, but the vinegar was very warm and it looked like wee, so I did have my doubts whether it was vinegar. <laughs> but fortunately, it smelled like vinegar. So um, I, you put vinegar on my hand and some salt. And my hand where it was I got quite stung, swollen, wasn't it? It was sizzling. Mm, it was uh, quite yeah, swollen. Yeah, I'm a little surprised. red mark. So it took uh, probably about an hour or two before the stinging sensation went away. But what an awesome experience. So swimming with a fish, it was terrific, wasn't it? It was. It you really particularly was. really enjoyed it. I loved it. it. I loved it. First time snorkeling. It was amazing, yeah. We couldn't get you out to the sea. If you guys got any answers to these questions, feel free to pop onto our Facebook and in the comments and uh, submit your answers to these questions. It'd be interesting to read them. They've been tricky questions, haven't they? <laughs> they have been quite yeah. tricky. I can't remember these questions. I printed these out over mm. a year ago. I cut them up, put them in the jar. I've forgotten about them. So I must have thought of something at the time. I thought, oh, I've got a yeah. good answer for that one. But I can't remember them now. So let's move on to the uh, main segment of the show. So... I've asked Ian to come on the uh, podcast today to uh, share um, his story. Now, we are a faith-based podcast. We talk about a lot of things about Christianity and uh, the church and anything that's going on in the uh, churchy world, I'd like to say. So, Ian, have you always uh, like been a Christian? Were you brought up in a Christian home? Well, that's an interesting leading question, Matt, because as I was pondering that, just a couple of seconds ago that's the angle that I was actually going to start with and the answer is no I wasn't brought up in a Christian family but I was brought up by um, a mother who is uh, a wonderful mother and I love her very much and she was very much um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say she was very much a believer she she had faith and believed that God existed, but she didn't have anything more than that. She certainly talked about God as I was um, brought up, and therefore I always believed that God was there. So my mother talked about God a lot. She watched uh, a lot of films when Easter came about, a lot of films that were on TV. We would sit down and watch them, and she was very passionate about them, and we would shed a tear or two together when Jesus was being crucified on the cross and things like that. So she was very much interested and very much keen on God, um, but she didn't really understand the message of what Jesus did on the cross. That came sometime later. But my mother's quite a, an interesting character. She's been through quite a lot in her life, um, and she... Um, she was desperate to have children, and I'm actually an only child, but she had quite a few children, and she lost a few children. And before me, I had a sister who died before I was born. She was severely disabled, um, and my mother was incredibly upset with what happened, um, distraught, uh, actually. And when my sister Janice was born, uh, my mother used to pray that because my my sister was seriously disabled she was was in a lot of pain 
and she would cry a lot. And my mother would pray that that she would that, that God would take her and believing that she, He would take her to a better to to heaven to a better place. And she was terribly disappointed because she wanted a child to love. She wanted a child that she could hold and and enjoy. And she went for a walk. Now my mother's one of the few people, and I believe her completely when she told me this story. My mother's one of the few people. In fact, she's the only person that I know that's actually heard physically, audibly, the voice of God. Um, and this was my mother who wasn't a Christian. So when she had Janice, she was going for a walk, pushing the pram, um, and she just felt this horrible, downcast, burdened feeling. And she just felt, oh, I'm so alone. I'm so lonely. I'm so desperate in this by myself. And she just heard God's voice say to her, you are not alone. I am with you. And she said all of that feeling, all of that downcastness went and she felt like she was on cloud nine. And she just, all of that just disappeared and she just walked with a with a lighter heart. Um, and yet God didn't choose that moment to save her. He didn't choose that moment to reveal himself to her and to help her to understand who he was. That was to come later. And I genuinely believe God held that back so that he could uh, he could use that to time it for me to become a Christian, for my father to become a Christian, and then for me to meet Karen, for her to become a Christian. And there was this spark for all of these people to be saved. So my mother always had this faith and always had this uh, belief that God existed. Um, so yeah, to follow on from that then, that basically she um, she had some family troubles and the situation became desperate and she was didn't know what to do, didn't know where to turn and she just felt compelled to go to the church, um, to the local church um, and they talked about her, talk, they talked with her and she shared her problem with them and they were just so compassionate, so lovely, so genuine, so ready to listen uh, and they just let my mother offload all of her burdens and they didn't say anything, they just listened and they just said, let's pray about this. And they prayed and they showed compassion, and they showed love and eventually they shared the gospel and it just blew her mind. She suddenly realised who Jesus was when they were talking to her. They told her that Jesus loved her. They told her that Jesus came with a purpose to go to the cross to die in her place, to take her sin, and to forget so that she could be forgiven. It was his blood that he shed on the cross that would wash her clean and that she could spend eternity with him because not only did he die, he rose again and he beat death and she too can rise again and spend eternity in the kingdom of God because of Jesus. And she just fully understood that. The Holy Spirit just engulfed her and she fully understood it and she committed her life to Jesus um, over a matter of days and weeks where she was speaking with the people in the local church. So then she shared that. She came home and she shared that with me. But that was it, it sounded a bit intense to me. Um, and I wasn't quite ready. I didn't receive what she said in the same way she did. I heard it. I understood it. And I believed it. But I wasn't ready to make that 
commitment. So I listened to her because I, I always listened to my mother and I heard it, but I didn't act. In fact, I would go away when it got too much and go upstairs and play music loudly to block to block it out. I, di- I didn't want to hear. I was happy, you see, with my belief that God existed and when I was in trouble, he would help me out. Um, and if I needed to talk to him about anything, I could just talk to him and that was that. This making Jesus Lord of your life seeking him and following him and asking him to help you to lead you and guide you that seemed a bit too much for me so i fought it for quite a long time i just fought it and fought it and fought it and i I don't want to go on and on and on too much about that but what clinched it in the end for me my mother continued to tell me she continued to say i've gone to um church today and he spoke about this. Listen to this. This is amazing. I I didn't know that this happened or that happened. This is wonderful. And I was like, yeah, mum, that's really cool. But I'm not quite ready yet as whatever. Just leave me alone. But what finally got me, because even though I was dismissing it, I was listening and I was hearing it and I was believing it. Deep down, I was believing it. And I knew gradually that my belief, my simple belief in God wasn't enough it it just it it was just far too superficial it was far too simple and I knew that if I wanted to go to heaven I needed forgiveness I knew I was a sinner I, I, I understood what my mother was saying I knew I wasn't perfect okay I wasn't terrible but I wasn't perfect and I wasn't getting a perfect score I wasn't good enough So I needed Jesus. I knew I needed Jesus. And that kept ticking over in my mind. It kept ticking, ticking, ticking over. And what finally did it for me was a a very realistic dream that I had. And the dream was quite straightforward. Basically, in my dream, I had died. And I was in what everybody would consider to be heaven. I was in a clouded area. I was in the clouds. And I could see in front of me that heaven was there and there were these gates an entrance way into heaven and I thought excellent all I've got to do is walk up to that gateway and I'm in excellent I knew that I believed and it was real and then I could hear footsteps distant behind me so I just casually looked over my shoulder and I saw this huge beast and it would be what you would typically visualize the devil to be this huge red monster massive massive creature with horns and all the rest of it and he was quite close and he was running to me and i thought wow he's gonna get me so i started running towards the gates to heaven and i thought i reckon i can make this if i run flat out so i ran flat out the footsteps were getting louder he was getting closer but i got to the gates in time and I thought, ha ha, unlucky, you haven't got me. But I went to open the gate and it was locked. And I was pulling and pulling and pulling and it was locked. And there was a padlock on the gate. And I was checking my pockets. I was f- desperately, frantic- frantically looking around to find the key. And I couldn't find the key anywhere. And I was about to, I was just rattling the gate, rattling the gate. And then I looked over my shoulder and the devil reached out his hand. And he was about to grab me and I woke up. And I thought, Wow. I know what this means now. 
I can't delay this anymore. Um, I know what this dream means. I know that that padlock was locked and Jesus was the key. And I knew that I needed Jesus to unlock that padlock. I knew that I needed Jesus. And it was at that very moment when I woke up, it was the early hours of the morning, I got out of my bed and knelt down by the side of my bed and I just prayed a simple prayer. And, and the prayer was something like, I can't remember the exact words, but it was something like, Lord, I know everything that I've heard from Mam to be true. And she's told me that I need to ask you forgiveness. So I ask you for forgiveness now. Please forgive me. I am sorry for everything that I've done. I know that your death on the cross and your resurrection was for me. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Saviour. And help me to follow you. In Jesus' name. Amen. And I went back into bed. And I slept. And in the morning... I just woke up and I felt I felt excited. I felt excited, but I was like, I was bothered by my dream. And I said, Jesus, please, will you show me just simply now, three times, just something, show me that I'm saved. And my next door neighbor must have been putting a picture up or something. And he knocked on the wall with a hammer, I believe, simply three times, whack, whack, whack. And I just felt so amazing. And I was just, I was almost crying. I was like, thank you, Lord. Thank you that you have saved me. Thank you for everything you've done. And my life changed and was transformed from that very moment. Um, and that, I believe, was God's timing. He used my mother. He knew that she was interested. He knew that she would believe. But he also knew that it needed to be the right time for me to believe. And my father shortly came after that as well and then I met Karen who I shared my faith with and she instantly believed she became a Christian and then we've obviously brought Chloe up in into uh, a Christian household and she believes it's just such a, an amazing knock-on effect that basically my mother at the right time her whole family was saved so that's basically how I became a Christian that's amazing and I like how um, God spoke to you, you know, through a dream. And that happens a lot throughout the Bible as well. There's a lot of Bible cards that have a dream. But God doesn't normally just talk to people through dreams. Um, he could also talk to people, like you said, your mom heard a voice. Yeah. But did she, she said at the time she didn't know that was God? Did she, just, she knew it was God. She, and knew she said it was an unbelievable feeling. Uh, it was an amazing feeling. Ask her. Ask her about it. She'll willingly tell you about it. She's got an amazing, she's mm. got lots and lots of stories that are amazing and I hope to tease them out of her and record them at some point Yeah, because um, it really is a blessing to hear. But isn't it interesting how God used a dream that you'd think that the devil would, would use and yet God turned that completely on his head and he used something that he knew would be poignant to me mm. just to tip me over and to come into to his he knew I was close he, and he knew he, all he needed to do was just give me that simple dream you know and, and yeah. it would speak directly to my heart yeah. and that's the God that's that's the Jesus that we know that's the Jesus that we all as Christians know he will use you whatever level you're at whatever position you're in wh whatever your feelings are he will personally come and talk to you in that way so that you can understand who he is yeah and for you I feel it was that fear of hell. You you had been chased by a beast 
which you thought was the devil. And um, what God does, he casts out all fear. So Amen. you woke up, you felt scared, and then you turned to God. And God said, right, give that fear to me. I'll just cast it out of your life. I'll show you a new way of living. Absolutely. Right, I think that's yeah. quite remarkable. Mm. Thank you, Matt. So later on in life, um, you did mention you brought along Chloe into the world. Which so, is which is a miracle in itself because Karen wasn't, she didn't really want children when I met her. Um, I was I was fine with that because from my point of view, with all the troubles that my mother had been mm-hmm. through, I felt that God was protecting me from some kind of trouble. So I was happy, you know, not happy, but I was comfortable with the idea that Karen didn't want children because I just trusted God. But it wasn't long into our relationship that God spoke to Karen quite clearly and she's got a story to tell as well and he basically reassured her that everything would be fine mm. and and that you know it, it would be good for us to have a child and that's what we did and god blessed us with little, little chloe oh not little anymore <laughs> not so little now she's still quite little <laughs> <laughs> she'll always be my little girl anyway well it'd be my job you know as a husband to try and uh, get some stories out of you of uh, chloe growing up like what so let's think back. Okay, she let's think fit, about. She was a good girl, really. Okay, what's the naughtiest thing she did as a child? Come on, a minute now. <laughs> Do you know what? I don't really, <laughs> I don't really recall her doing anything really, really bad. I mean, but you she, told me a story the other day where you have to take. Well, that's what I was going to say. She, you know, she would. I think the worst that she ever did was to give a bit of back chat, and and I liked to be able to be an authority really i expected her to listen and she did listen to be fair absolutely she did listen but sometimes she would challenge that i think it's part of growing up Mm. and sometimes she would go a little bit too far um and i would say right okay um that's it then the disney channels are being blocked for a week and i would put a pin a pin code onto the sky box and she was not able to access her uh, Disney channels, uh, channels, and that was the worst. That possible. was the worst thing. I couldn't watch my kids' programs, <laughs> so in the mornings before school, I had to watch Channel Five. Ah, <laughs> oh, can you think of anything worse? I couldn't watch my uh, That's All Raven or Wizards of Waverly Place, yes. Hannah Montana. <laughs> I had to watch whatever was on Channel Five. <laughs> I hated it. You did. Why uh, Channel Five? Why? Because that was the only channel that did um, child friendly, decent kids. Well, it wasn't. Right. It wasn't decent kids <laughs> programs, but it was. It wasn't the some news. sort of kids programs that wasn't CBBS. <laughs> and, and I would always make it a week, and and you know, a little angelic face when she'd calm down. She'd be you know super cute and super well behaved. And the one thing I like about Chloe, right, as a child, you would tell her not to do something or you would punish her and she would accept it she would take it um and she would listen she if you told her not to do something she wouldn't do it it's as simple as that i could have easily said to her right no more disney and i could have trusted her not to watch disney channels i didn't need to put a pin number on there but it was just to exercise that authority just to show her if you're going to be naughty there's going to be consequences but she would be as good as gold then the following day (laughs) so karen would say oh look she's no, no, it's a week. It's a, I've said it's a week. Oh, she's been good. Well, no. And then the following day, you would be, oh, look at her little face. She's been, <laughs> she's been really good. No, it's going to be a week. But in the end, I was like, no, oh, a week does sound harsh. So it'd usually be about two weeks most, wouldn't it? About two days. Two days, two days, two days, two days, days most. Yeah. 
Okay, so uh, yeah, thank you for um, sharing your story. I, it, one of my things I really enjoy hearing uh, people's testimonies, and I've heard yours before, and you know, even if I've heard it before, I still find it um, interesting, and I'm always learning something new when I'm listening to that story as well. Especially that you know, your dream was a devil chasing you in a fear, and then a god cast out that fear, and he used that to um, save you, even though. You believed, but it's more than just believing, isn't it? It's um, accepting Jesus into your life and following him. and um, So, yeah, just believing yeah. in God is not yeah. going to get him to heaven itself. So, yeah, we're going to wrap up a podcast there. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you did, head over onto our Facebook page. You can find us there, and we can find us on Twitter and Instagram. And, yeah, just leave us a like and leave us a comment on what you thought about this episode. So, until then, I'm Matt. And I'm Chloe. And I'm Dad. So you've been listening to The Good Good Grief Grief Podcast. Podcast. This is The Good Grief Podcast, bringing you all things good.